Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Oh. Let's do this. All right. Let's do this, people. All right. Hello. Did you like that intro? <laughs> Loved it. That was your recommendation. I, I think I started talking and trying to catch people up in the past. Right. Like I did a show for two years, and then when I started this show, I spent time like trying to catch people up on these fundamental truths. And Christine's like, you should probably... Shorten yeah. that up and get to the business. I hand. say delegate work where you can. <laughs> <laughs> we did. So this show, Bigger Than Me, is really about how to live your best life. And in our past shows, we've talked about themes like being intentional. Yeah. This importance of awareness. Yeah. The yeah. first show that I did here for two years on Hubbard was called Our Journey, Our Dreams. Mm-hmm. The art and science of being aware and getting there. And really that was just about how do we... Again, live our best life. What are, what are those things that we need to do to achieve your dreams? And, and when I interview people like the two of you, it was really about how do we tap into real life stories as well as this ageless research. I've read like a thousand books and 100 books I've read and heard multiple times. In the top 40, I've like metabolized into my soul. And so I'm bringing that wisdom to this, to this show. But to me, it's about people that are actually have lived a life where those principles are actually showing up on a regular basis. So we invited today Mr. Trey White. He's a (laughs) 23-year-old who's basically 45 years of living, feels like this happened. Yeah. And Christine Cisneros. That's right. Thank you very much. (laughs) Is an eight-year veteran. You have your own show here on Hubbard Radio right before mine. You're basically mentoring me into this space since I really... You're, you're doing all the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining today. And we wanted to surround Trey with love. You talk a lot about love. I do. On your show, and truth. Right. They're, they're inseparable. There once you, go. you Once you do the truth, the love is there. I love it. I love it. And so thank you so much, Mike. And so what we're actually, we've talked about in the past, again, we've had a few shows where the subject was truth. Mm-hmm. transparency mm-hmm. and transformation yes right and, and and as we know you it's really i brought up four or five books deepak chopra the seven laws of spiritual success is one of my favorites uh-huh. right um, miss oprah winfrey i normally have a big book with her face on it but her, her latest book is actually called the path made clear discovering your life's direction and purpose one of my favorites as well um the secret, the law of attraction. We've talked about that. Right. And yep. All these things <laughs> come up, right? There's a book called The Nonviolent Communication, um, which, again, we're going to talk about some of those things because you guys have lived a life. You've had to do some things that are pretty transformational. And on this show, I have to put a little bit of a disclaimer out there. We're going to be talking about some really serious topics. You, you've compl- contemplated suicide before. Mm-hmm. So we're not medical experts. I'm going to have Dr. Tart, who've been on the show many times, call in midway. This show is not about providing medical advice. If you have some psychological things going on, et cetera, we're just sharing our stories in hopes that it will elevate, inspire, right, motivate, and hopefully help to actually f- 
fill you with the courage to actually take some steps to, toward achieving your dreams. That's what we're doing. That's right. And, and get the help you need. If, if, if anything in here is relevant to you I that you it. can use and get going the right way to get your, the help that you need. Get the help you need. That's right. Mental health is really important. So, Trey, I'm going to have you do your introduction and yeah. tell us who you are and, and how you've transformed and, and perhaps how some therapy has helped you. Okay. Well, um, as you mentioned, my name is Trey White, um, short for Trey Jean. I'm 23. Um, and really, what I have been able to live in my very short period of time on this earth is um, the process of transformation and living a journey that is sometimes difficult. <laughs> well, well, I mean, let's put easy. it out there. We, we don't, we're not sugarcoating <laughs> anything on this show. So you've had some traumatic experiences. Yes. You, you've, you've had some things where... It was like, wow, some things that you endured as a child. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about those. So yep. you've endured some traumatic things. You were a bit of a wild child, I think, at some point. You mentioned yep. you were violent, and you, you just had some things going on. Violence, um, that was a result of um, trauma from my childhood, mm -hmm. um, witnessing domestic violence, um, just being placed in all kinds of situations as a, as a very young child, maybe like four, five, six, all the way up until like 15 years old, where I didn't have an outlet. Mm. And that outlet didn't come until I sought out ment um, me mental health therapy and I started seeing my counselor. Um, and I was also not allowed to talk about a lot of these things as they were happening. So I was bottling a lot of it up. Mm. And as an adult, I still struggle with that sometimes, like acknowledging, hey, mm -hmm. I've got an emotion. I've got a feeling that I mm -hmm. need to express and communicate. And sometimes I journal it, sometimes I write it down, sometimes I call a friend, but what I feel is the most important is just getting it out there mm -hmm. and not really being ashamed of, hey, this is how I'm feeling and I don't want someone to judge me, but this is how I'm feeling and I'm owning my truth and I'm being honest with myself first and then I'm I being honest it. with the person that's external for me. I because you it. always have to be honest with yourself first. That's where it all starts. I, I, I love you. I'm actually looking for a text that you sent to me, but what I love yeah. most about you, again, the topic today is about truth transparency and transformations but mm -hmm. it's also about getting over some of the bad things that have happened or maybe moving past yep. moving beyond moving through that's the word that you use i was moving trying to find it. i was yep. trying to find the exact <laughs> test i was like well, moving well, through it moving through it it's mm -hmm. not moving past it you got to go through it in order to really get to the other side christine you talk a lot about truth and, and the importance of kind of you know, being honest and getting through things. I mean, that's what that's why we have you here is to surround him in love around. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the first thing to to say about our I, I just love talking to you before the show. You're just <laughs> yeah. you're uh, you're you know, like, oh, you're so interesting. Well, you're more than interesting. You're you're actually very cool. you're real. And, uh, and I can have a good, real conversation. With That's you. what it's all about. And I, and I think that it, before we talk about surrounding uh, people with love, which is really we're here to refract and reflect that love, yep. is to know that we not only are more importantly, more important than me saying I love you is that is me saying you're loved, which okay. is a lot, a lot bigger and that you are loved. And I so once we that. can like be honest about that, we are loved. Mm -hmm. Now we have a different kind of accountability and a different motivation on how we can be with the other people around us. I love it. And the one thing mm -hmm. I, I know I heard you talk about mm -hmm. is having to love yourself. I mean, that is probably the most important journey for a lot of people is is being able to love themselves. Oftentimes mm -hmm. you're raised with a lot of 
trauma. And let's let you yep. finish your, your <laughs> I slipped in the fact that you were, you, you know, we're, 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 we're not sugarcoating anything today, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're going to put it out there because we want to help people. Of course. We want to make sure people are aware, like, some of the things that you experienced. Yeah. But you've gone through some things. I've gone through some things. Um, I, outside of my trauma, um, from a very young age, I also went through, um, the domestic violence as an adolescent. I came out at 15. Um, my parents, Hold on. Yeah. Go I want to make sure what you say. You didn't come out of the domestic violence. Go. You came out as in you identified. As gay. As gay. So uh-huh. that, that so there's a coming out story as well here. Yes. There's a domestic violence <laughs> overcoming. I mean, I got to break it down. Right. Like, slow Please down. Do. We, we've talked a Please lot, do. but I'm just saying, let's break it down. There's, a, there's the importance of mental health yep. in all of this. Right. But there's the truth telling mm-hmm. that we have to tell ourselves there's some transparency in talking to the people around us and we're going to talk a little bit to to parents and to youth around what does that look like creating these safe spaces mm-hmm. we're going to go through that you've been married and divorced and you're 23 yep and, and, have, and bankrupt don't forget that oh and bankrupt <laughs> we won't go into financial that's a whole nother show Ooh, right? but married bankrupt you, you're a massage therapist by trade mm-hmm. and you're, you're first of all you're you're a really smart guy who's Who's, who's had some major breakthroughs at 23? Like I said, you're mm-hmm. you're a 23 year old in a in, in a 45 you know year old man's soul. Mm-hmm. When I hear you talk about how to communicate and some of the things you've learned, so that's what we're going to talk about today, people. This guy okay. is fascinating. And again, we have Miss Christine yeah. Cisneros, who is um, again just an amazing human being oh, as well. Who's also had your own coming out story as well. And again, oh yes, again mm-hmm. that, that, that's that's a different <laughs> show and a different thing. But 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 to to know that you have that in common, uh-huh. and then we have Dr. Jerry Bertart, who's who's a psychotherapist who's co-writing book one and book, book two with me who's going to join us midway through um so again hold on people because it's about to get real let's do it let's do it okay <laughs> so this show is really about transformation so um we're going to start just a little chronologically right uh-huh. so okay. we'll just kind of go through that so you said as a child you experienced your mom mm-hmm. being abused in relationships. Let's talk a little bit about that and how that affected you. But what did you experience and how to tell us a little about a little bit about some of your earlier memories. So in my earlier memories, I pretty much experienced my mother going from relationship to relationship. Um, my father was not directly in the picture um, and she was just being abused to one extent to the other. Um, the most the hardest abuse that I witnessed and experienced um, was between the ages of 8 and 12, so mm-hmm. about four years, of just watching her be drug around the house and being, like, hit and assaulted and, like, um, just brutally beaten. Like, every second that I saw her was just, I didn't know what was going to happen. And between the ages of 8 and 12, your brain is developing, developing and right. changing. And... I didn't know how to what to think right. of it really. Right. Um, go ahead. No, I have I have nothing to say. I'm I'm all ears. Yeah, um, I didn't really know what to think of it. I didn't know how to process it. I was not allowed to talk to my family or, mm-hmm. or my friends. I bottled it all up. Um, and it wasn't until she left and we decided to leave the state and kind of just be done with everything that I realized like we could have lost our lives mm. very easily. And it was definitely a wake up call. It's interesting when you say you weren't allowed to talk to your family about it. I think that's a lot of times when when it's 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 really 
traumatic to, to witness mm-hmm. someone that you love in a situation like that and not having an outlet at all. Like basically that secrecy, you know, when mm-hmm. there's the, this concept of shame and, and vulnerability, it actually, you know, shame can only live in, in the dark, right? It can right. only live when you're when in silence. But once you, you know, can, can tell someone, once you can talk about it, there's freedom in that, right? There, you're not alone, right? There's some type of hope that comes out of being able to share, oh, yeah. right? Share those things. Again, this show is not about, you know, we're going to provide a suicide hotline. You gave me the National Suicide uh-huh. Prevention Hotline, <laughs> 1-800-273-8255, by the way. Um, but I just think it's important for, for, for that silence to be broken. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing today is to talk about mental health and, and things that people experience and how you can get over it. Right. Like, it's not the end of the world. You can go through this and a number of things that you've gone through and you felt suicidal. I did. I experienced suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety, and that really didn't start to manifest itself until um, I started to go through high school. Mm -hmm. And I was submerged in that social environment where all of my peers are like happy and wonderful. And well, that's how they seemed. And I was like, wow, how do I deal with the things that I've experienced as a young child? I don't know. I didn't really know how to function. And you said you were acting out because I want to pause a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to move too fast through this story because yeah, it's just so much to, to peel back the and jump in at any point in time. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about a youth, a black youth, yes, who happens to be gay, uh, but you talked about acting out like you mm-hmm. were violent and there were things that you did. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that. And then I okay. want to talk to parents about if you happen to have one of the little trays at home, <laughs> crazy trays at home <laughs> when he was in trays. his crazy tray. Mm-hmm. Like what, what, how do we help with that? So let's talk about what you did, yeah. why you think you did it. And then uh-huh. we're going to talk to parents about what they could potentially do differently. So when I lived in Arizona, um, take going from that kind of domestic violence situation to being completely submerged through middle and early high school mm-hmm. and a totally different culture, different state, different climate, different way of life. I had all these bottled up emotions and didn't know how to process them. So in school, in middle school, I fought, and I fought often. Um, There was probably once that I was facing expulsion um, that I was actually caught, but I fought a lot, and that was my means of um, expressing my inner fears and angers and and frustration with myself. Um, And... We fought in front of the bathroom. We fought outside of class. You said inner fears yeah. and frustrations with yourself. Mm-hmm. I just find that very interesting because, again, you've experienced something as a child. Mm-hmm. You've now you've had these feelings bottled up. Mm-hmm. You're now in a strange environment where you're trying to figure things out and yep. you don't even know how to express it. That's Not part of my all. book, too, like how to feel your feelings. I'm even going through some things, mm-hmm. right, where it's like, oh, because I'm normally happy, but I realize some of this success sack here <laughs> was some uh, some pacifying a negative feeling. Mm-hmm. If I felt something that wasn't positive, I might figure out a way, right, to, to feel positive about it, right, because I want it to be at that kind of, right, you know, normal state for me, which was basically always happy. So you're right. basically saying you didn't know what to do with those feelings. I didn't and know so what you to do. acted out. Yep. You fought. There was aggression. Lots of aggression. I don't know. And again, you. how did you get over it? How I got over it, I sat with those feelings. Um, a lot of times people can be afraid to fight. They can be afraid to express that emotion, that mm-hmm. aggression. Um, I just sat with my feelings. Unfortunately, that resulted in violence, but that was a process that I needed um, at that time, not... I do not condone violence, but 
Um, at that time, that's what well, happened. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of the whole point of us having this conversation is to say you didn't know another way. Right. Like at the time, you didn't know an- another way. We're not saying yes when you're upset. You should fight <laughs> yeah. as much as possible. We're right. not at all saying that. We're basically telling your story to say this is what you did, and in hindsight, what you would have told Trey, young mm-hmm. Trey, is to talk to someone. Christine, yeah. you mentioned finding someone. How important is it to really find someone? I mean, as a child, well, it's it, it, it's very important. Okay. And and the thing is, is that when we see children uh, these days, I think we were talking before the mm-hmm. show about what what are some of the biggest things that are facing uh, gay youth now. It's a very different time than, you know, I'm 50, so I'm more than twice your age. And the people that are older than me that fought for gay rights and things that, you know, that that affected how I experienced being gay, uh, you know, kudos to them. I think that the problem that we're facing today or the issue or the challenge is that um, there's too much, I think, victimizing of the gay youth or any minority. I think once you start to identify as a victim more than it, more than you're identifying as a person, it becomes a little problematic. So some of the things that I would say to someone who came to who would come to me with questions about how to be in the world they're in, being a gay youth, being a minority, how do you do that? And the first thing you absolutely have to do is you have to learn about who you are and seek out that kind of conversation with someone that can actually have a conversation with you as a person. And so once you is, can do that, you can start to feel, when we talk about safe spaces, it's a little problematic too because, you know, what you, you think is a safe space isn't my safe space, isn't right. your safe right, space. Right, right, so, right. So exactly. So basically what you're talking about, Christine, the one word, if I had to use that word, mm-hmm. is authenticity. So it's basically yep. being free to be your authentic But before you can get there, before you can get to that place, especially as a youth, like you were saying, you were very confused as a as as an adolescent, as a Mm -hmm. teenager. And this is probably why you acted out in the ways that you acted out before you can actually get there to the I'm authentic. I'm real with myself and all of that. um, You really have to identify who's going to have that conversation with you as a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. um, Did that happen in your life when you like did you start to have conversations with people who treated you like a person? I had conversations with um, a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. She was the one friend besides my girlfriend at the time that I felt the most comfortable with, that I was able to freely express all of these confusing and, and just emotions that I was not aware of at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, my friend, Michaela. So this, this is the, the female that you said she was a lesbian. Yes. And you mm-hmm. felt comfortable where you guys were close. Mm-hmm. And she said to you... She said to me... She saw something in you that you may not have seen in yourself. Yeah, she said to me that um, she knew what I was, but I didn't know what I was, and that's something that I would come to terms with. And and what I loved also, thank you, Christine, what I also love about this conversation is we we were talking before about he was able to have a conversation with your girlfriend because you Uh had a girlfriend at the time. Yep. And and you, you, at one point, you said, I think you said, I like your... She had a lot of guy friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And you said... And I said... Hey, I am attracted to you, but I'm also attracted to your guy friend, and I am bisexual. Like I am attracted to both sides. She's like, okay, and I'm like, okay. There you go. <laughs> so, so, so basically, that that was the that was kind of the beginning. Yeah. For you, you definitely. had a couple of women mm-hmm. that were in your life. One that was a, a good friend who happened to have already realized her own sexuality. Yes. She was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And how old was she? she um, she was a year older than me. So at were, the time she was 16. 
and and you were 15. And I was 15. And your girlfriend was 15. 15 as well. So you had these conversations and mm-hmm. what I were you violent at the time or because I feel like we're blending a couple of different things. We're talking about yeah. violent you having experienced violence in your home mm-hmm. through domestic violence. Right. And then you had some coming out. Everyone who comes out doesn't have the same level of anger and frustration that is true. necessarily because like you experienced years and you, you mentioned the story when you were four walking barefoot. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a house full of adults who were intoxicated and we, my mother and I had to walk to the nearest corner store at like one o'clock in the morning because the car didn't work and we didn't have any shoes because we had to call out of there. And I'm like, mom, you were we? how old? I was four. I'm like, mom, where are we going? Like, why don't we have any shoes on? Like, what's what's going on right now? And she's like, well, the car doesn't work. The car won't start. And we have somewhere we got to go. We have no shoes. We had to leave. And I'm like, oh, okay. I I guess we're going then. And, and, that then, kinda, and continue, continue that story, though. So so mm-hmm. just continue the story. So you, you get to the location. So we get to the nearest convenience store. Um, the convenience store attendant allowed us to sleep on the floor in a towel. Well, I slept on the floor in a towel. And um, he eventually opened his car and allowed us to sleep in the car until he got off of work at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I always find it really interesting when I can remember something like that from four years old. Mm, I think trauma sticks with us the hardest. Right. It's it's interesting because I was actually reading some stuff. I Mm -hmm. have another a friend of mine who's who's not only has she dealt with family who's alcoholic, but she's struggling with alcoholism herself. Uh And and I've been reading about, you know, how to help and transform transformations Mm -hmm. in that sense. And it talks about things that are really emotional you stick with us. And so it's like we get to reprogram our brain sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. So as you have these beautiful, wonderful days and they're happy and they're joyful, you got to throw as much emotion into that joy as possible. And mm-hmm. you get to program those as as experiences as well. Like they get to actually, you know, supersede. And sometimes, you know, you, you get to grasp onto the positive as right. opposed to, you know, just having those traumatic memories as the most, you know, the most uh, profound ones, you know what I mean? Of course. And so, I, and I love that you've done that. I mean, I, you, we've we have a number of conversations where you've been able to to share kind of that story. So you've had a, a number of trauma, mm-hmm. alcoholic alcoholism, and other members of your family, mm-hmm. a mother who had multiple relationships. And I, I just wrote down when you were talking about your mm-hmm. mom. Moms do the best they can. They really do. My mom did absolutely the best that she could with the resources and given how old she, like, with her circumstances. She did the absolute best that she could. Right, and, and, and I think you, when you talk about the relationship that you and your mom went through, and mm-hmm. Christine, you made a really good point. You said, hey, was there anyone you were able to talk to? Mm-hmm. And so I love that because mm-hmm. you were able to have conversations with your mom. So tell me about, and you said that process was an evolution as well. It was a process. Yes. But were, were you going to say something else about how important it is to connect with individuals? And then I want you to talk about that first conversation that you mm-hmm. have with your mom and how that evolved. Well, I, I would say that that one thing that I noticed about when you were being honest with your friend who said, I know what you are, you may not know, mm-hmm. was that um, that is one of the biggest loyalty sort of things that a friend or someone that you love can do for you. And that is to see the truth in you. Yep. Now, if you're a good friend to them, you're not going to run, right? <laughs> and you didn't run. And, and that's you witnessing yourself taking in the truth about who you are. The other thing about traumatic events is that when you, know, when you say, like, you know, our parents, they did the best they could or the best they can or the best with what they know. Right. When traumatic 
experiences happen in our lives, it's such a call for us to evolve this, the family's spiritual DNA. Mm-hmm. And right. so when we look back on those things, right. it, it, it can hurt. It can be very painful. But it's really our chance to say, this is as far as my DNA could take me. Now it's my turn to take this farther. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what you did. It's exactly what he did. Yeah. I, I love you. you. You don't even know the next layer of the story, but that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. he did. So thank you for that, for Absolutely. being just so, so perfectly connected to, to this journey. Now let's tell us. You, again, you told me enough, mm-hmm. a number of these stories. I'm kind of leading the witness here. Right, but, right. But, but <laughs> to be intentional, because people are watching this, mm-hmm. right? And someone could be, you know, feeling, having feelings sure. and some things mm-hmm. undiscovered or have had some traumatic experiences and are like, you know what? It's time for me to address those, right. to move through them. And how would I do that? And how would I do that? So mm-hmm. say you you're, you experienced some traumatic situations mm-hmm. and like you did with your mom. Right. Um, let's talk about your kind of evolution of conversations with your mother. Okay. So you had you, you, you had a couple dialogues and you were able to, to move evolution. to a better place. So yes. <laughs> um so my initial conversation that I had with my mother when I came out um was I came home and said, Hey, I have this friend that I've been hanging out with. They identified me as X, Y, and Z and I'm letting you know that I'm attracted to my girlfriend's friend. Like I this is this is my sexuality. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to describe to her exactly what that meant. Okay. And like on a on more of an intimate level. And of course, I like what you were saying earlier. You said that's a purest form. That is a purest form because you haven't experienced that yet. Right. You don't quite know what that feels like yet at mm-hmm. 15 years old. Um, so I explained to her what I was attracted to. Um, and she proceeded to throw books at me and just all kinds of scriptures. The, the and opposite of a safe place. Yes. That the opposite is the of complete a, opposite of a safe place. Because you spoke the truth. Be- yes. Because uh, I spoke my truth. Well, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so, and so what, I, what I love about where you landed, though, because what mm-hmm. we wanted to do on this show is talk about, like, the like, how do we get there? Right. And so when we think about, to your point, the definition of, of a safe place means different things to different people. But mm-hmm. I think the, the concept of being able to be true, be honest, and to listen. So you were looking for, as a youth, you were looking for a safe place. So did yes. you ever get it? And what did that look like? And if not, let's, let's mm-hmm. describe what it should look like. Okay. Did I ever get a safe space? I put my desire for a safe space in my relationship with um, my former partner. Which one? The, the My ex-husband. Okay, so we haven't even gotten to the <laughs> ex-husband yet. Keep talking. So I put my desire for a safe space into my relationship with my ex-husband. I moved in with his family at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my safe space. I didn't talk to my, my family anymore. Um, so this I, is after you came out? Yeah. So you came out, your mom was throwing books and Bible mm-hmm. verses and everything else. And I got you. fed up with it, and I was like, I'm done. So, Oh, so it went on for some extended period yes. of time. She was trying to beat it out of you, beat the... Beat mm, the... Not necessarily, because I was a little bit older at that time, okay. but she didn't necessarily make me feel safe and able and willing to be able to talk to her about that. She came off as being very harsh and judgmental, and she didn't quite understand um, with how she was raised and her perception of how mm-hmm. a man and what a woman should be together right. and what that means. Right. Um, so, yeah. And so you you so you didn't get it at home with your mother. Nope. You met this guy. How long have you guys been dating? We 
Well, actually, we just moved very, very quickly. We had been dating for about maybe six months before mm -hmm. I ended up moving in with him. And then you were together for X period of time. Four years. And then you got married. And then we got married. For how long? Four months. And then you were like, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it ended because, I'm just going to get the short version, then yeah, we'll go back. Go for it. It ended because of domestic violence. Yeah, it ended because of that. It was a reflection of what I experienced in my childhood. And so what I, what I thought was most interesting, what I love best about what you said is married for, or together for four years, mm -hmm. married for four months, yep. domestic violence occurred and you were like, that's a hard, that's a hard boundary for me. That's a hard pass. I'm good. Like, right. yes, I love you as a person, but that's not willing, that's not something that I'm willing to experience in my life again and have that cycle repeat. So thank you for everything that we've had together, but. I'm good. And, and I'm going to, when Dr. Tart comes on, I'm going to actually talk a little bit more about domestic violence. But mm -hmm. we're going to move through, um, and Christine, anytime you want to jump in, feel free, feel free to do so. We're going to move to where you talked about your husband. When you got married, mm -hmm. you didn't have a safe place with your mom. Right. You, you, you moved in with your, your then boyfriend's uh -huh. family. That was, what made that a safe space for you? Let's talk to, let's talk about his parents or the family. Like, why was that safe? They accepted him as... They, they had their own struggles of accepting him. Mm -hmm. um, his dad had his struggles of accepting him. His mother was tolerant. I'll use that word. Um, mm -hmm. But with me, they just kind of allowed me to come in and just be myself without, hey, you shouldn't wear that, or hey, you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't be walking around down the street, you know, in this type of a fashion. Like, they didn't have anything to say about the way that I presented myself or the way that I behaved. And that, for me, is what made it a safe space because my mother was very judgmental of me. Okay. I love it. And Go ahead. Anything else you want to share about the relationship? So you, you, you talked a little bit about you got married and then you got divorced. Oftentimes there's lessons in both pieces of that. Right. What made you want to get married? And then when you got divorced and you started to really mm -hmm. process the why, I think I really love that you came, there was some freedom yes. that came out of truth, some more truth-telling there, because a lot of times we want to blame the other person, Yes. right? So of let's course. talk a little bit about the truth-telling that took place, okay. you know, kind of throughout that relationship. So with us being together for four years, we went through a variety of trials and tribulations, ups and downs, as every relationship does. Totally. Um, honestly, what really um, sparked my interest in getting married was... I felt that that was the next step and he was ready for it and he orchestrated everything. And I pretty much just went along with it. And I think I was too young to really understand the commitment of getting married. I walked down the aisle. My mother gave me away. Um, oh, your mom gave you away. Yeah, my That's mom gave nice. me away. Um, I We didn't talk really until that happened. I invited her to the wedding and said, hey, I want you to walk me down the aisle. I know we have our differences and you may not necessarily believe understand in my lifestyle this. or understand to any extent, but this is what I'm wanting. And if you want the opportunity to walk me down the aisle, it's there for you. And that also took a lot of, a lot of me coming to the understanding that she may not agree, but she's still my mother. You know, you know what I love about this? And we talked about, again, I talk about the hundred books that I've read or mm -hmm. the, um, the, 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 the various truths that exist in some of these really famous books. But one of them is, if you've ever read this book called The Four Agreements or The Fifth Agreement, he talks mm -hmm. about, you know, being true. And even Deepak, when he talks about this law of detachment, you know, there's some piece that comes with, I can think of five books that talk about the same concept. But, you know, just being okay with who, you know, the people in our lives are. 
If your mother, that's the best she could do at the time. Uh-huh. Finding peace in that. You said, Mom, I understand that you're not basically down with my lifestyle. Uh-huh. Right. But I actually want you to be a part of this experience. Experience. So I, I think one yes. thing I would say about that, and, and I had the experience of, you know, my parents saying, um, what did I do wrong, basically, that you turned out like this? Uh, proud of me in every other way but that. And I don't expect people to be proud of me being gay. I'm not even proud of me being gay. It has nothing to do with pride. It has to do with I'm proud of myself as a person. And that happens to be, it's like, well, I'm proud of my dark hair. Well, who, you know, what is that, right? right. But I think that, um, you know, when we talk about our parents doing the best that they can, and I do believe parents do the best that they can, but what we don't want to start doing is saying there's nothing more to learn. There's oh. nothing more to do uh-huh. yes. because once you do that, it's not that your parents should be on the hook for your for your happiness. They're not. They're You're not. on the hook for your happiness. And as far as creating a safe space, a safe space, no one can give you that. You have to create that. And you were very good at doing that and putting the boundaries down where you needed to. But I think that the accountability that's here for someone like myself, or like I said, I'm, I've been with Teresa for 20 years, right. and we've encountered a lot of children. I've mentored eight children in my life. And the reason that I've done that is because even though they're not my biological children, mm-hmm. they are the next consciousness on the planet. And if we don't hold mm-hmm. ourselves accountable for learning beyond that which we know, I don't really think we can say we did the best we could. Uh, so let me be clear. I do agree with yeah. you. So I 100% mm-hmm. agree. I think we may have Dr. Jerry oh, Bird, excellent, who may have just joined us. Um, I'll let Mike give me the nod when she's officially on. Dr. Jerry Burtart, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Tracy, how are you all today? We are Woo! wonderful. Dr. Tart, you're missing a good one. Well, you came on just in time. <laughs> so all we, right. So, we, so Dr. Tart is, is key in her church. So basically we've, we've planned this so she can join almost every other week for the second half of the show. And so we like to lay it down heavy, Dr. Tart, get down and dirty, and then bring you in so you can you know, bring in this vast wisdom that you have. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring oh. you up to speed and summarize for the guests, uh, those listening and watching what we've heard and where we, where we are in the conversation. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Fast and Furious. Trey White is here with us. Christine Cisneros is joining us as well. We surrounded him in love today. Trey's 23 years old. He's lived the life of a 45-year-old. He's been <laughs> married and divorced. He came out to his mother. He experienced domestic violence. Um through his mother from the age of four, lots of alcoholism, eight to 12 years old, lots of just witnessing her being abused. She eventually left, lots of trauma in his life, but he was smart enough to get some mental health, to explore mental health. He got therapy. So he actually is on the other side of it. So he talks about how he was violent, there was lots of issues. And at this point, he's actually a pretty happy dude. Okay. <laughs> Pretty happy dude. What I see is that he's he's at peace. He's I'm at very peace. Much at peace. <laughs> yeah. He is at peace. And so what Christine was talking about, and we just kind of where we just landed was, we were talking about domestic violence, and he 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 watched his mom be, you know, abused in her relationships, uh, regularly for years, and then he got married, had been with the same person for four years. Four months in, he experienced domestic violence himself. He he takes responsibility for the relationship ending but he was like that was kind of a hard line for him and I made a comment that you know what I believe you know parents for example you know they do the best that they can 
And, you know, in the relationship, you did the best that you could, mm-hmm. right, at the time. And Christine made a really good point. That, and, again, that's what this show is about. That's what our shows are about is about, you know, evolving truth, mm. transparency, and trans- transformations. It's about trinity. Absolutely, right? <laughs> truth, trans- transparency, and transformations and actually being our best, best selves, living our best life. And so, basically, we talk about how important mental health is, how important feeling those feelings are. Right, Dr. Absolutely. Tart? Absolutely. It's critical. So they, they really are. So, so let's talk about people doing their best, but actually understanding how important it is to do better, to, to, to like do the work, be willing to invest in yourself, to kind of mm-hmm. talk to someone. Why mm-hmm. are we telling people if you've experienced, he experienced suicidal thoughts. He's had a lot in his life. Why is it so important that people explore mental health or explore therapy or some type of finding help? One of the reasons that it is so critical is because if we do what we know and what we know has been traumatic for us, then all we're going to do is to re-engage with that trauma. It's critical for us to recognize that there is, if we just listen, and I say listen, I understand that sometimes our brains are very, very noisy. But the point that I'm making is that there's a world around us and everything, and though we may think at times that everybody and everything looks just like us or they've gone through the same things that we've gone through. But if we trust, there's the word, mm. if we can trust beyond ourselves. And what's the name of the show again? I just want to be clear. Bigger than me, baby. Bigger than me. It's bigger than me. It is. Okay, that's where I want to go because it is bigger <laughs> than us, okay? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. It's bigger than us. And, and God's word has already said that he has given us everything for godliness and life. If we believe that and trust it, maybe we can't see it immediately. But if we choose to trust, go beyond that fear, go beyond that trauma, go just like that young man that you were just talking about. There was it was bigger than him. It wasn't enough to just relive that trauma over and over and over again. It wasn't enough for him. Mm-hmm. He knew what that was like. Why would he want to impose that? Some of us get to a place sometimes when we are so we're hurting so badly that we want to give up. You talk about suicidal ideations or tendencies. And it's amazing the number of people who are healthier and they have they will they will uh, commit uh, uh, submit to the fact that at some point or the other they had those thoughts because they believed mm. that that was as good as it got. Mm. But that's not as good as it gets. It's as good as it gets. And those are the times when what's my favorite saying? Uh, it, Tracy, it's okay not to be okay. Yes. Hello, sometimes. Amen. That's it's what okay. I'm talking about. It's not to be okay. okay. We're going to have a whole series okay. about feeling your feelings, mm-hmm. right? And I got to tell you, Dr. Tart, again, I'm glad to have you on because you. this is critical. I mean, mental health is it's like the gateway to living your best life. Right? If there's anything that you're struggling with, find help. It, 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 it and all realizing starts with the mind. It all starts with the mind, but it's okay not to be okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So tell us some more about mm-hmm. that concept, Dr. Tart. Specifically as it relates to, again, these we were talking about, you know, he came out to his mother and she was less okay. than loving, right? And so we started having the conversation around finding a safe space. And that means different things for different people. So if you had to give mm-hmm. advice to, again, he was a violent youth because of the abuse that he experienced and some things that were going mm-hmm. on. And so if you had to talk to a parent, for example, who may have a, we had a, we call him Crazy Trey. I even have a Crazy Tracy. Like I have a baby, baby, baby Christina in my life. Um, who, mm-hmm. you know, we all have some issues, right? Sometimes when we were not at mm-hmm. our best. And so if you had to mm-hmm. talk to um, a parent, right, or, or youth, right, e- either side, but let's just say, let's focus on the, the parent who might have a child who is 
displaying violent tendencies or is ex- displaying depression or some of those things. And we got the suicide hotline again here. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Um, but how would you recommend that you open up these lines of communication and, and provide, you know, the youth with, um, you know, a safe space and, and youth? What would you ask them to, to talk to their parents about? There's two sides of this coin. Where should we start? I'm, I don't even know. Is it with the parent First or the I child? Want them, I, I would, if it, it depending on whichever one is before me is where I'm, I'm, gonna, okay. I'm going to start. Okay. And, and what I, I'm, I'm going to want that individual to do is first tell me their story. Where's the pain? Where does it hurt? Mm. Because I can't, I can't help them without me, without them helping, helping me. Because Where if he or hurt? she is acting out in a particular manner or whatever, there's a reason behind that. And if they can pay attention to what they're thinking and can attach that thought to that feeling, we're gonna, we have to move beyond that. You're just talking about understanding or recognizing our feelings. So understand what does that feeling mean? Where, what, what have you attached? What verbiage have you attached? that particular feeling? What image do you have in your mind that's attached to that particular feeling? What face? Mm. You know, whatever. And now, now, once we can settle that, once we can, we can, we can uh, solidify that that's kind of where we are. And tr- trust me on this one, it does change. But if we can just get it to a space where we can identify it and we can talk about that and we can talk about it in a safe space, you talk about understanding first a safe space. Imagine that an individual has been uh, surrounded for the better part of their lives with violence. They don't necessarily know what safe is. I sometimes ask clients, where's the safe place in your mind? They're back to as far back as in their childhood as they can remember. They're saying that's not a safe place. So we have to to formulate an artificial safe place. Okay, I'm from Mississippi, so we call it a yonder's place. You know what I'm talking about? A place where there is the smell of earth, the place where there is nobody else around to harm me, and I can be as happy as I want to be in that little place, and nobody is going to qualify mm. or identify me as whatever. But we have to identify that space because every emotion that we have is not a happy emotion. That's mm. why it's okay not to be okay sometimes because every emotion is not a happy emotion. So we have to deal with that that unhappy emotion. We have to deal with that fear. We have to deal with that anger. We have to deal with that resentment, whatever mm. it is. We have to talk about what it is. And you know what, Tracy, one of the things that I've I, I don't deal with children that much now, but back in the day when I used to, we would give it a color. We would mm. give it a name. Okay, we have to make it uh, approachable. We've got to understand. <laughs> you got that fingers that rolling and heads nodding in the room, uh, Dr. Tar. <laughs> okay. Well, you talking about claiming it and naming it, right? Finding yes. a safe space. Yes. All that is so important. So really, being okay to talk about it. Yes. Yes. And oftentimes we've not been given permission to talk about it. We've not even been given permission to recognize that we can say stop, but because we're mm. so frightened. Okay, mm. the messages that have been sent say to, stop. that have been sent to us to, to say stop. We can't say stop. Mm-hmm. We can't say stop because we have so much attached to that. Mm. And oftentimes it could be from our perspective. Just imagine a child who says, if I say stop, you say you're going to kill me. So I That's can't right. say stop. So you get, are you, okay? is, is it safe to give a child permission to use the word stop? Or do oh, we... That's what I do in my sessions. Yeah, we have to become, like I said, we have to become familiar with that. You got to understand. Again, this is not providing. It's not providing any type of medical advice. But we're basically saying you are free. What are you saying, Doctor? Find a safe space. Basically, find a safe space in your head. I love that more than anything else, right? But Mm -hmm. find someone that you can talk to. 
right? If there's any mm-hmm. suicidal tendencies in your brain, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, again, is 1-800-273-8255. But if you're a child, you're basically saying find someone, you know, in your life mm-hmm. that you can talk to, someone at school, if there's no one in your family, right? You said everybody in your family, not and, everyone, but a lot of people were drinking, mm-hmm. and there was right. no safe person. Well, and what mm-hmm. I would say, Dr. Tart, is what I love about what you're talking about here. Uh, besides the fact that, you know, as you, you know, as well as I do, it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Right. And Absolutely. so so when we are facing people who are going through trauma or we've gone through trauma, I think one of the things that happens, especially with youth that are going through domestic violence uh, or any sort of violence, it doesn't have to be physical. In fact, sometimes the emotional no. violence is worse. But if you, ca- you cannot sometimes you cannot identify what's not OK. And so once mm-hmm. you start saying, you know, where it, where it feels like you're being threatened uh, threatened to mm-hmm. take love away, threatened to take family away, threatened to take your mm-hmm. love of God away. These are the places mm-hmm. where you can say, at least in your mind, this has to stop. And and yes. th- and this is where the inflammation, the spiritual inflammation, is your friend. Because then you can mm-hmm. identify, if you can't identify your safe space right away, you can identify the unsafe un- unsafe space mm-hmm. immediately. Because mm-hmm. you, you do feel mm-hmm. it. I think I, the one thing I loved about Oprah's book, when she even talks about you know, helping people to discover their, their, their life's direction and their purpose in life. And, and she talks mm-hmm. about, you know, th- there is a spiritual knowing. Mm-hmm. There, there mm-hmm. is a, yes. the truth is, is peace. Yes. It show mm-hmm. is. Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's just peace. There's, there's too much emphasis on you need to be joyful and, oh, happy all the time. Peace. It's peace. It, it is. Through peace, you can have all of those other things. And some people have never actually experienced mm-hmm. the true peace. But and I love Deepak's book when he talks about the, the seven laws of spiritual success. His first law is tapping into these infinite possibilities of the universe through silence, mm-hmm. through prayer, through meditation, through communing with nature. Like that's the how. So we're not just saying what to do. We're saying how to do it. Right. So, Dr. Mm-hmm. Tart, you mentioned the, the concept of formulating a safe space in your head, right? So kind of just being mm-hmm. silent, closing your eyes, right? When you can physically are in a safe place. I think what I, what I remember you talking about was your mom. You said something about the bathroom. When you first tapped into your feelings, you said, I'm talking to, to um, Trey, Dr. Tart, but he was telling me mm-hmm. about his mom when she was, you know, experiencing domestic violence mm-hmm. and how oftentimes she would go into the bathroom. And you said when you first either we're moving out of your relationship mm-hmm. or you, you kind of found the bathroom. Yeah, the bathroom as, was my... Mm-hmm. is where you first discovered how to tap yeah. into your feelings. That's, mm-hmm. where, I, that's where I started releasing my emotion. So even in my own mm-hmm. apartment, I picked the bathroom to mm-hmm. cry on the floor at 2 o'clock in the morning wow. and wrap myself up in mm-hmm. a blanket and just release. Mm-hmm. That was my mm-hmm. process. I listened to the, the most uplifting song that I possibly could that talked about strength and healing and loving yourself and I just mm-hmm. gave myself that mm-hmm. permission to cry on the bathroom floor at 2 a.m. Oh, I love that, that, that word permission. Absolutely. I that love is that word permission. so beautiful. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and I, Yeah, go for it. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm moved. Dr. Tart, permission. Let's talk a little bit more about permission. Giving people permission yeah. to feel their feelings and it's hard. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit, I was, I was feeling... I was feeling some feelings the other day, mm-hmm. Dr. Tar, and I reached out because I, I laughed at my response. It wasn't pretty. Like, my honey, mm-hmm. I, and I won't tell you what it is. We'll do that on a whole nother show. Mm-hmm. But my response to those feelings was not the most productive response. So mm-hmm. for those of, I mean, because, again, most times I, I've been blessed. I don't have a lot of traumatic stories to tell. 
to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. my most dramatic story, I think. I mean, I don't have a lot. I don't have the the experiences that you've had, and so I'm just blessed to know mm-hmm. you and, and honored to be in your presence. And that's why I wanted you to be here because I'm like, you have a story to tell, right? And mm-hmm. so, Dr. Tart, talk to us a little bit about. We got nine minutes left, seven according mm-hmm. to, to 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 Mike. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the how he found the bathroom floor wrapped in a blanket and mm-hmm. cried it out. Mm-hmm. What other tips yeah. do you share with, with people if if they're just at home and they've had some experiences in their past and they just want to move through them? Sometimes, Tracy, is as yeah. simple as just, I want to go back to that word permission. That's mm-hmm. I love it so much because so often we have been so conditioned um, not to have permission. Mm-hmm. We don't have permission to ask. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't have permission to feel. We don't have permission to wonder where we, 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 where this is coming from and why, why, you know, we ask the question sometimes, why me or whatever. We don't understand why, so we don't give ourselves permission mm. to say, may I go and look for it, as it were, or what can I do? May, can, can I go, like um, uh, Trey, that's his name? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. The young man, he could go in the bathroom and wrap himself in a, in a, in a blanket and just cry and cry without feeling that, without feeling judged, like being in that place. He gives himself permission to love himself. Mm. So you said, mm. okay, what are the tips? That's the first thing. What does it look like? What does that look like? We're asking the question, do you love yourself? Of course I do. No, I don't. I don't know. You know, is that, those are the kinds of answers that we get. Well, if not, why not? And if you do, how do you show it? Okay. Mm. What is it that you want to do differently? We try, I, I try to make it very, very, very tangible initially, mm. you know, so that they don't have to go and try and do some uh, magnificent thing. It's just something, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Okay, so one of the first things, where's the pain? Why is the pain there? We talk that through. Because mm-hmm. every, everybody wants to tell their story. Mm-hmm. Everybody, truly, you know, however, it, mm-hmm. and I say everybody, and I mean everybody, whether we are acting it out, whether we are, we've written it, mm-hmm. whether we are, we are somebody else, is, is, we've given somebody else permission to tell it or whatever, but we want our story to be heard because we want to be acknowledged. We want to be acknowledged. I love you. Okay. That's really what this show is all about, right? We're basically trying to bring in this ageless wisdom and these mm-hmm. individuals who are willing to share their stories to help others. Mm-hmm. That's really elevating, inspiring, empowering. And thank you, Dr. Tart, for being a part of this. You know how I like to end the yeah, show. I like to end the show with with this, you know, surrender and soar moment. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to actually show this quick video it's um, I'm president of the National Black MBA Association, as you guys know. Mike's gonna let me know when I'm when he, when he's ready to, to for me to for me to show this video. But we're gonna try to squeeze in this two minute video if my computer uh, cooperates, um, which talks about uh, leaders of tomorrow. And we're building a program here in the in this area. Mm-hmm. We actually have a a. a, a, a national program dr tart because we're doing it from florida to to seattle right we're doing it five minutes mike just gave me the 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 the, um the warning here so we may or may not be able to show this let me know mike if you're ready he's just gave me the thumbs up dr Tart. we're going to show the building leaders of tomorrow through community leadership today video it's exactly two minutes exactly and then we're going to come back with our surrender and soar um segment of the show which is really the last two minutes where i'm going to ask each of you to basically give us those closing thoughts and to, to the listening audience audience on what we would encourage you know them to do what lessons learned what final you know words of wisdom would you share on how to help them to live their best life so dr chart we're going to press play mike you ready okay <laughs>
in terms of speaking in front of people and being more confident in my speech. LOT taught me how to be confident. LOT taught me how to manage my work inside of school, outside of school. LOT taught me how to be a leader. It's a blessing upon my life, my brother's lives, my mom's life, and it's, it's led us to a better place in our life. It encouraged Chase to want to be actively participating in LOT. I, I really love the Case Park LOT. Um, this is my third year. My first year, I was an alternate. My second year, last year, when I presented, it, it, it really helped. It was really fun because we got to travel outside of the state. Go build some great connections, also do some leadership roles. We got to meet new people. We got to learn how to talk and present in front of a lot of people. I want to go to LOT so I can go to a great college. I'd like to see what LOT can do with me. LOT is more than an organization. It actually became my family and a part of it. I know for a fact that all of my students would be up at least two to three reading levels by the end of the school year if they took the course. I've definitely seen a difference in DeAsia as far as school goes. I think it would be of value to any parent to uh, sit through the videos. They, they didn't take very long. The book isn't a huge book. It's not like 500 pages. Um, so I think any parent would uh, glean something from. That's a full of responses. The Homeschool Connection appears to be a program that can be effective as a parent orientation in any educational setting. I love that. Dr. Tart, you, you were here. You witnessed this whole Leaders of Tomorrow experience, yeah. our, our efforts to actually change the community, to change the world. Through this yes. type of conversation, we're elevating mm -hmm. expectations. We're going to talk a lot more about Leaders of Tomorrow and building Leaders of Tomorrow through community leadership today over the next few uh, shows. Because in September, the National Black NBA Association, we have our national conference. It's in Houston this year. It's always during my birthday week, Dr. Tart. So you're hopefully going to join us this time. It's September 24th through the 28th. And my birthday is September 23rd. So anyway, uh, we'll talk more about that Um if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can reach me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-I, at itsallbiggerthanme.com. Next week and in future weeks, we actually have Trey, who's actually joining us in a production assistant role. He's actually going to help man the phone lines. So we're going to ask you to call in and engage with this conversation. And so as we move into the last few minutes of the show, first of all, I just have to say thank you, Trey, for being here. we got one minute. So I'm going to ask you guys to be quick identify first of all just thank you for being here trey for sharing your story thank christine you thank you for Absolutely. joining us and dr tart you know i'm always thinking you're a blessing so two few words so for each of you what words of encouragement would you share or inspiration would you share with the audience go trey feelings feel them christine. be ready for who you are because one truth leads to another miss dr tart give yourself permission to know that your dream is real and peace if that's what you're looking for, it's right there waiting for you. I love it. I love it. This is Tracy Harrell, and you're listening to It's Bigger Than Me. We'll see you next week. Be your best self.